And welcome to What the Shuck. The goal of this podcast is to provide a platform for those people with positive and influential ideas that have helped me to maybe change my life or that will help you to change your life as you navigate through the tribulations that life will throw you. However, while you're trying to achieve these big goals, I plan to also put a spotlight on the people who make Kentucky such a unique and awesome place throughout my podcast. And I will be interviewing people of all professions, arts, and honestly just anyone with a cool idea or story that should be heard. My next guest is the coach and rad dad. He is certified in boxing in Krav Maga. Uh, he is all about that fight life, and honestly, he's also quite the artist. Uh, my next guest is James Cabrera, the coach himself. Oh, the What's old up, coach. Man? Not much. Appreciate you having me out, my guy. It's good seeing you. Dude, it's great to see you too, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so, you and I met at EBF yes sir and you I was immediately like this dude is super rad and you'd always have like super cool stuff on and you'd be beating the hell out of the bags and I was like alright like I like this guy and we started talking and I could immediately just tell we were going to kind of vibe and as I got to know you more and more I saw that you were like helping your community through like being a teacher and you were all about like coaching and stuff like that and for me growing up I know that huge influences for me were my coaches like, to this day, if I see a guy that was one of my coaches, I'm like, what's up, coach? Like, so it's just like if you, earn, if you like, earn the title of coach, I feel like that's important. Yeah, it's it's funny, yeah. Forever you're coach to somebody. I mean, I'm coach to somebody from years ago. No matter how old I get, they're always my kids. It's kind of funny that way when you start teaching and coaching. So it takes on a shape of its own. But I've done everything from hockey, strength and conditioning, athletic direction, and different various school systems. And... Then, you know, as you know, boxing and Krav Maga. So it's been a varied life for me on the coach side. And I felt, feel like that just finding that discipline is really important for kids because sports really adds a structure to your life that you're not going to get necessarily every day. And especially with fighting, it's like the most – you can either lose your shit and lose your head or you can be disciplined and own the ring. And, like, I see you post stuff about how it's like – you like to distract people by getting them on the ropes and it's like that's what life's all about like letting people think that you're down and then you're really like all right now i'm ready to roll on you and it's just like having that having the ability to know those different levels of discipline are important because you know a novice fighter is going to be like i'm I'm beating the hell of this guy like I'm, i'm going in for the kill and then that's when pop you know and that's the strategy, man. There's so much science behind fighting people don't realize, but it is. It's You've got to be willing to give up some things most people aren't willing to give up. And, I, you know, with all due respect to myself, I, I gave up a lot and didn't get as far as I wanted with it. But I was willing to, and that some people aren't. Because one thing I always say is everyone's ready to throw a punch, but no one's ever ready to take the time to learn the defense, the moves, the strategy behind it to get in and out, and it's a whole different game. But it's one of the things that discipline you know, saved me as a kid. I just kind of came from a different childhood growing up. It was just a little rough, and Dad went to prison for a couple years as a child, and I was in foster for a few months while that all transitioned. And you know, when you're five and six, it it just kind of made me an angry kid. And then I finally realized, you know, I was doing things, fighting and getting in trouble a little bit, a little bit here and there. But just got into boxing, and it finally centered me and realized, you know, I've done hockey, I've done football, I played basketball, I've done a lot of different things, but. Boxing was me. It was you versus you. 
And that's where that discipline comes from because you got coach, you got trainers, but once you're in that ring, it's it's on you. No one's going to jump in there and save you. There's no timeouts. And that's where now I'm getting older, so those ropes give me rest. So <laughs> all the young kids go blow their steam off, and it gives me a moment to breathe and punch back. And that's an important part of life is just like learning that most of the times the things that you do face are going to be you versus you. And there's like no more – of a circumstance than when you are willing to actually fight somebody for just fun and you're like, all right, I'm going to do this boxing match or I'm going to do this MMA match or I'm going to do, I'm going to roll with this guy Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because you really get, you're humbled because you're really like, all right, maybe I'm not this big bad dude that I think I am. Like, no, There's always someone bigger, badder out there. You and, just, just got to be ready sometimes. There also might be a bigger, badder dude that you can whoop just because you're smarter, you're more disciplined. Like it just is all about well, it's a mentality. Like, you know, I love my boxing. I started with that, but I honestly did more time with jujitsu and Krav Maga over time because, you know, I'm getting older. I don't really fight much. And if I do at this point, it's probably going to be defend myself, family, or something like that. But uh, it's that mentality. I love the Bruce Lee quote where you're locked in a room full of your enemies. You know, are you locked in there with them or are they locked in there with you? There's a difference because I can be the victim where I can say, I'm just about to take five people right now. Go home and have a roast beef sandwich or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, you got to do your business. But the thing is, you know, between fight life and all this stuff, uh, life doesn't care. Like, it doesn't care what color, background, religion, anything like that. It's going to punch you in the gut. But it's your response. Are you going to stay down or are you going to dust up and go another round? Some people, it's just easy to quit and stay down. No, I don't, I don't like that because that becomes an easy habit. Quitting becomes really easy once people start doing it once. And I feel like with fight game, it's... If you're a fighter, like you're, there's not many, I don't know, maybe you've witnessed some, but I feel like if you're willing to get in the ring, like there's not many people that can have more like tenacity than that. Well, and that's the hard part too, because we'll watch professional fights and um, even the guy who loses, I don't want to go, oh, he's a bum, he's a bum. Exactly. No, you're not, he's with you're the not war. Gonna, yeah, you're not going to step in there with the loser. <laughs> he's still a professional fighter. Like, there's that, that humbleness to it, you know. Everyone misquotes Mike Tyson, but the original quote from Joe Lewis was, everyone has a plan until they get hit. So Tyson out of the in-your-mouth parts later on, you know. <laughs> but that's it. Like, everyone has a vision of what it's going to be and, you know, how it's going to go. And then that first that first real big hit, and it's like, okay, I need to take a moment and reflect. So. Do you watch MMA at all? I do. I do watch some. Not as much. but. Did you watch the John Bones-Reyes fight? I did not. Um, so there's a lot of, like, crazy stuff saying just – being said that the judges kind of had too much say in that. Have you, have you ever had like a fight that you were in or like have you ever seen a fight that you believe was kind of like altered by judges and like do you think that that's a like outdated way to do boxing? Or? Uh, it's, it's, hmm, there's no good answer. I mean, until there's a better option, that that's what you got. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they got the compu box, so you can count your punches and percentages. I feel like boxing is a little bit easier for sure. It's, it's different though. Like, it could be subjective. It could be whatever. I mean, I'm hopefully. You I mean you got to get knockdowns and win those rounds to to not worry about the judging. Mm-hmm. But it happens. It happens a lot. Like if you go back to like De La Hoya in those days when you had really close fights that didn't go, you know, the direction people thought. And you know, is it the judge? Is it the ref? Is it whatever? In the end, it's a win loss, and you gotta, as a fighter, you take it internally. And you gotta reflect and build from it. Hopefully, not like get degraded over time. Well, a, a huge fight that recently kind of was settled on judges that some people don't agree with was the 
Tyson Fury uh-huh. and Deontay Wilder fight, and then there's a rematch coming up. Yeah, that's why there's a rematch. Yep. Um, so maybe that was a money thing. Like maybe that's just I don't know. But some people think Deontay Wilder won. I honestly, I, from the punches I saw, it feel, feel like it's hard for me to not say Tyson Fury won just because he landed so many, kind of controlled the match, mm-hmm. but he didn't get the knockdowns. So it's just kind of like. What's your way that you score? Like, how do you score? Are you going to say that this dude landed more punches and he, like, controlled the match, or did he get more? Well, and the hard part is when they're, when they're so close, you got to start looking at precision. Were they cleaner? Were they more accurate? Were they glancing? Like, there's a difference between catching them square on the chin or the jaw as opposed to sliding off a cheek or a forehead a little bit with all that, you know, Vaseline and stuff. But, you know, it's just, in the end, it's up to the judges if no one gets knocked out. Yeah. And that's where it's kind of scary because we don't think about that in that moment after the fight. I mean, 30 seconds feels like eternity for a fighter because they, they don't know yet. So they're waiting for those judges to pound out numbers, and it is what it is. I don't always agree with it, but that's the system we have. And, you know, I don't always like the refs in the NCAA basketball, but. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we got to have them. It's yeah. just part of the controlled chaos. Yeah. Uh, so. We're coming to you from the Ninja Athletics Center in Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, Cabrera actually started his own Cabrera's Corner here. And uh, just to care to go over this a little bit. Also, he got me a fresh new tee for me to rock with Cabrera Corner logo on it, and it's super sick, super pumped. Thank you for that, by the way. Yeah, super sick. Not like this flu virus going around. <laughs> Not the Corona's flu yeah. virus. I like the Corona part, but I don't know about the virus. Uh, yeah, basically, it's. Uh, <laughs> Between the boxing and jiu-jitsu and Krav Maga, it's been 20 years in the making. I've you know, coached on the side a lot and done some instructorship here and there and been certified. I'm 39. You know, I know I look great and young and my hands are fast <laughs> as hell, but I'm just getting old. So the knowledge needs to pass on somewhat. And the whole goal for me is, one, you know, I've got all ages, skill levels. You know, soccer mom and dad come out, get a workout, get in sweat, the basic stuff. But then I've got, you know, three people right now who are registered and certified, so I'm going to have a fight team. Because the ultimate goal is to create a, a legitimate fight scene of Lexington that hasn't been around for a long time. Because you do, you get you know smaller gyms and boutiques and things that pop up with you know punching and rings. I've got good trainers and things like that, but some of the people just don't want to compete, which is fine. It's a great workout because you sweat and you burn calories. I mean, you're a testament to that, right? Yeah. Like big time. But you know, a few people, people do. And they want to find head, that. They want to find it. In the ring. Well, I've got a kid, fourteen, <laughs> loving to death, man. He's he's. We got to try to get him an exhibition because he's into it and all this. But he's not really eating a punch yet, so we don't know what the response is going to be when he finally takes that first clean hit. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of have that moment where his brain is fixing itself and he's wondering if he wants to continue. And it's that aha moment sometimes, but it's fun and I, I kind of miss it and it's kind of building this whole idea of structuring a, a really legitimate fight scene out of Lexington that you know Kentucky's got some policies and things like that that make it hard so we're trying to get out there a little bit and I'd like to work with the community and try to build that and outreach and some of these teenagers and things out like that uh, I know for me growing up that I did uh, karate and also did some Brazilian jiu-jitsu and boxing and um that was super important for me to just learn discipline at a really young age because just having to like walk in and bow or like just like just learning little respects of your sensei and like whatever who your teacher is or your coach like just learning from him and taking his disciplines that he's learned through life is so important because like the guy that was my coach I still like talk to all the time he's like a county clerk of my hometown 
And so it's really awesome that you're doing this. You're, you, I mean, the impact that you can make is really important um, because you can actually reach people by just showing them new things in life and building new strengths and powers that they didn't maybe even know they had possible. Well, that's a big thing, too, is just your self-actualization. You know, I can get into, you know, Maslow and Kohlberg and all the psychology stuff because, you know, apparently I have a brain that works besides just getting hit. <laughs> but it's just this idea that the fighting life, as sad as it sounds, really tells yourself a lot about you. Like, what are you willing to put up with? How much are you willing to do? And it is. It's you start to realize and reflect on the abilities you have because after a while, you get good enough, you've got something that can really hurt somebody. You've got to have that self-respect and to not want to do that. You know, to reach out and help people who can't do that stuff instead of the other way around. You know, it's this whole idea of, you know, not being the bully, but being the bully of the bully kind of mm-hmm. deal. Use it for good. Yeah. That's what it should be. Speak softly, carry a big stick, you know. There you go. If you don't got to get into it, don't get into it. But if a guy messes with you, mess his ass up. Well, and I'm a huge fan of, <laughs> you know, East Asian studies. I'm a world history educator anyway. And, I, you know, that was an area of study for me. And... I love Sun Tzu, Art of War, and I don't know if you ever heard of Miyamoto Musashi. I haven't, but I have the Art of War in my car. <laughs> the Book of the Five Rings, basically, he's the guy that created the two-sword system of the samurai. He was a ronin. He was basically a homeless dude running around challenging all these top clans to fights and was undefeated. <laughs> and he makes, you know, he basically retires as an old man in a cave and teaches people for the rest of them, you know, teaches clan samurais and creates a sword school and kata school out of a cave. And it's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's kind of how I feel here sometimes it's you know small time I'm a community guy and I'm pushing that philosophy of discipline because that's a lot of it the final step that he was saying is to get to that void you know when you get to the point where you, you don't think about anything around you it's you and your opponent the distractions are gone the crowd the lights anything that's on you it's that moment of focus and you are one-on-one and that's you and that's not just boxing that's where I told you about that fight mentality that's why I love some of those samurai, the, the writings are just very, you know, very direct and very coded in the way they approach their discipline, which is yeah. crazy because they live daily life like that every day. And they're actually uh, pretty extreme guys, but it's just like mm-hmm. you had to to maintain that sort of discipline. You have to like do it every day. Every day. Yeah, Kobe and that's Bryant what's so crazy. Throws, man. It was like they were con- so consistent about it, like. They were never, that was never off. It was always like, let's go. It is, it is. You have to know the time to be the samurai and the time <laughs> to be the ninja. Yeah. Which is why I teach both boxing and Krav Maga. Because in the streets, you know, there's no judge, no ring, no ref. And, you know, my old butt now wants to go home to a wife and kids. So I'm, I'm not trying to get caught up too fast. So, you know, you headbutt and elbow, bite, stab, groin, you know, run off. Now get away. But the whole idea is, you know, sometimes you just have to get home safe. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the other side of the fighting thing. Because I love the boxing, but I did a lot of different things with the Krav Maga because it's situational. We love the sport, but we also love the discipline of that's the it. self-defense. That's it. Because it doesn't that. always have to be pretty. Sometimes you just have to be aggressive and have that mentality that you're going to be the winner and go home tonight. You yeah. Know, that kind of deal. And in fighting, man, like, I, I can tell you I've been in plenty of fights. I've been in some fights, some crazy fights. And just being from the country growing up, like, just whooping people, getting whooped, you know, just different things. I've been in fights with my best friends. I've been in fights with cousins. Like, it's, you know, I've done it all. It's just part of life back from where I'm from. These days, you don't even know anymore. Someone might be carrying a gun or a knife. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's a lot of pride and ego that falls in, you know. That's why 9.9 out of 10 times, I walk away. Oh, yeah, now I do. You know, take that, but... 
when it comes to other situations, you got no other choice. You know, it's either you're going to choose them or choose you. And I, I would say choose you. Yeah. And you can have my wallet every day. You can, you can do that. I'm going to be okay. Yep. I need my life more than that money. That's it. That's <laughs> it, man. That's honestly what I'm living for is my life, not the cash. But, uh, dude, yeah, I know that you all have some big plans for this year. Um, Brennan is an awesome guy. He was actually on my show, too. And we're actually going to have a – I'm wanting to do a show with both of you all. I think it would be super Love dope. It. Love Brandon. But He's a good dude. He is an awesome dude, and he works his ass off, and that's why you guys make such a great team here. And that's why I wanted to come here today. But as a as a fighter, I know that you like boxing. I know you like MMA. Uh, would, would you rather, like, beat – like, if you could be, like, a world-class MMA fighter or boxer, which boxing one would you rather be? It's well, just the science behind it. Nothing against MMA because I do like the jiu-jitsu and stuff, but mm-hmm. – I was by nature the boxer first, and there's a lot of it is. It's science, chess matches, small movements in between. You know, it's kind of a little. I say it's the smart, smarter of the two sports. I can see you that. Know, there's a lot more science, and especially with the use of the ring as opposed to like a cage. There's a lot more bounce and spring and being a square set of octagon. You know, I, I told you I'm getting old. Like I use those corners. <laughs> so, rest with that headgear on and then punch back between my snooze. <laughs> I know that. Um, who would you say that you think probably are like your top three best boxers or most influential? Jeez. Oh, man. Why you always got to do this stuff? <laughs> like, you know I'm going to go Ali because I'm an old man. Okay, Not okay. just for the fighting, but the impact he did cautionary. Agree yeah. or disagree? You know, you don't have to love what he did. I mean, he's, people talk about he's probably my most influential person that I know. Right. Like, as far as, like, if I had a Mount Rushmore, I would throw Ollie on it. Well, people outside of boxing knew who he was. Exactly. So, that's, that's a big testament to his character. Uh, another Sugar Ray Leonard, I guess. I mean, he's smaller and lighter, but just like when he took out Roberto Duran, who was winning on the scorecards, and made him quit. <laughs> like, how do you make a man quit? <laughs> he made him quit, yes. Like, no miles. Like, man, that, that's a big deal. And then, like I say, Tyson, bro, like, you don't have to love his personal stuff, and he's, you know, he's. I think he's had a great redemption and, yeah. story, though. And I love it. That's what I yeah. do. He's he's come a long way, but seeing the pure skill he had, good lord, he was like 180 pounds at 13 years old. Yeah, it was huge. Have you ever heard that they hypnotized him when he was growing up to make him like a warrior, pretty much? Maybe you pretty much are doing that anyway. So I mean, once you're <laughs> jumping in, you got no choice. But he was just he was a monster. Um. I know Muhammad Ali is such a huge influence. I think it, a lot of people, like you said, there are some people who disagree and some people who don't or do agree, but he did the conscientious objection. And I think that's literally like, if the fact that he did that is like a testament to a great, great man's character. Like, Well, if you think outside the character in terms of his boxing profession, he, he gave lost up. his prime years yeah. of fighting. Probably his two best years. Like arguably. And, that, and, that, and then he came back and he had to go through his comeback struggles a little bit yeah. but to come back and do what he did it's pretty amazing yeah like and that's what i'm saying aside from the fighting alone people have heard of ali culturally he's a he's a true american hero and i'm proud that he's from kentucky and that's why it's important that we do need to get boxing Amen. going in kentucky because Amen. it's like how we're going to have like the legend of all legends of sports maybe and not even like yeah. pay respects yeah. to have a yeah, this unicorn, and we we don't want to try to have another one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there that, might be a few Ollies we never even caught. There's call, a lot of to. talent. Yeah, that's that's part of my teacher too. Is like the outreach because my ultimate goal is to create like after school programs where you know I bring in kids who are having 
tough times and they can help me clean up the gym and do things but at the same time uh, learn some skills because whether we love or hate it boxing did save some people's lives like you learn discipline structure and you know make a few hundred bucks here and there on the side doing some matches yeah and maybe you get someone good enough and they finally go to these tournaments and i mean brendan's ooh, a testament to that like i'm just saying there's there's ways to do it out there and it could be the one thing that keeps them out of trouble because once you're registered through usa boxing and such you can't go out starting fights in the street you're gonna get in big legal trouble when they yeah, do that kind of stuff. yeah so it does create a sense of self-discipline because you just can't go do that yep um so we also talked about mma who would you say you're probably like three mma fighters would be oh god George St. Pierre. Oh, he's uh, a beast. GSP was great. He's one of the most boring fighters, in my opinion, to watch. But if you really, like, break down what he's doing, you're like, this is well, his art. The combos. That's it. Yeah. Some of the combos he put together. And uh, same thing with Spider. Uh, Silva. Anderson, yeah. Like, wow. Anderson is so are, fun to watch. It's just hard because I like Chuck Liddell and Rampage and those old big guys. Yeah. Like, like, that that lot heavyweight class was so fun to watch in the, like, early 2000s. That's what I'm saying. 2000s. Early 2000s to 2000. You know, 10, ten was yeah. actually really a good decade for it. And then John Bones cleaned yeah. them all out. I'm telling you, and that's it. It happens in all fighting, though. He kind of shed the old skin, and yeah. the new skin comes in. And no one's no one's dethroned him yet, though. Besides himself, it's part of that fight you were talking about that you have every day against yep. you versus you. It's sometimes you got to get out of your own damn way and just make it happen. Yeah, we're our own worst enemies because we'll do it. We'll tell ourselves we're not good enough, we're not fast enough. We'll look at someone else, they're bigger, faster. And the problem is we start comparing ourselves to someone else, which means you might find someone whose goal is so unattainable to you, you get down on yourself. Instead, we need to figure out we're all individuals and we have individual goals and accomplishments. Like what your ultimate goal is not always my ultimate goal. I think we both want to help community and get Lexington and expand and all that, but we have two different outcomes on what we're looking to do, and it just kind of happens that way. I, yeah. I can't compare myself to you, and you can't compare myself to me because we're just are who we are. Yeah, and that's the point of the podcast, man, is just to – I know that not everybody is going to necessarily want to get to the same – like, to, they want goodness for the community. They want to be successful. They want to, like, provide art. They want to be uh, influential to the culture in some way. But we're all doing it in different ways, yes, and that's sir. what I'm trying to show is like everybody can be influential in some way. It's just you got to find your way. Like that's the most important thing is just if you find something you're passionate about, then you should follow it because like that's why like there's a reason why you're passionate about it, and it's like if you're not going to follow that, then you're literally like morally bankrupting yourself in a way because there's some reason that you have this feeling deep down in you it's like i don't know if it's from god or whatever it's from it's just there's a reason that you have it in you and it's i know that les brown said the reason that um he said someone spoke and inspired me so that's why i speak to inspire people because mm -hmm. like someone changed spoke and changed my life so like that's what i want to do and that's like i heard them was like i mean that's what i want to do so like the fact that this dude changed his life and went through the things he went through and it's just like philosophy is so important learning these philosophies and learning disciplines that have helped me to change my life that I just didn't even have two years ago three years ago four years ago and it's crazy just to see the progress I've made and seeing that what others can do if they really just pursue something and that's really what it was all about it was like I just was never focused on one or two things and being like all right let's make this happen yep and people just and that's where your testament you, you got to step back if you take it all in at once, you can get overwhelmed. Then it's easy. I quit. I can't do it. It's too much. 
Start chunking that thing up, you know, one goal at a time. You can't fight 12 rounds at once. Why not start with round one? Yeah, literally. Then you get to two. Hey, maybe you lose round two a little bit. Suck it up, go to the corner, get to three. Like, when you give up, that that's a you issue in the long run, and I think it's easy for people. Because once it gets hard, it's hard. Consistency is so much better than talent, in my opinion. Because you got talented guys who waste it all the time. But when someone who comes in is willing to work, be consistent, and keep pushing, because some weeks you fall short, some months you fall short. But then three months, you, you gain and you grow. And it doesn't always mean in the gym, maybe mentally, philosophically. You're starting to look at things differently, which is good. Because Ali said, you know, if you look at life at the age of 50 the same way you did at 25, you wasted 25 years of life because you never grew. Yeah. And for me, that was so important because when I was 21 through 26 I was probably I thought I had the world figured out man don't we all yeah exactly and I was just such a I was I had no idea what was going on and I don't now but at least I know that I don't now and it's like humbling to know that there's all these forces in life that can just all of a sudden just knock you out just like Kobe Bryant man he's he just he's a he has 450 million dollars in his airplane or helicopter just crashed and it's like if that can happen to him, like we might leave here in wreck or something, you know, it just, it's yep. so, life's so fragile, it doesn't matter who you are. So, whatever you're doing, be passionate about it. Love it. You got to, like, be, like, you got to pay your bills of your own self. Like, you know, like you, you know, you got to pay your bills for your phone, you got to pay your bills for your car. But then it's like, at the end of the day, like, are you writing checks to yourself? Right. Like, how are you, like, fulfilling your life? And it's so important. If you do some soul-sucking job, then did you really live, or did you live yeah. someone else's life? Or are you trading off that life for a steady salary and easy health care, something, you know, yeah, something like that? Truly, because I mean, life is complicated, but only what you make it to be. Like, we're all going to have obstacles. We can either lay down and just take it, or we can stand up and take our lumps and keep moving. It's it's part of that game sometimes. Yeah. And in boxing and running, anything along those lines, it's all about the pace you set. And it's like, are you going to fight at my pace or am I going to fight at your pace? Or are you going to run with me or am I going to run with you? Yeah, tempo's key, man. Yes, and, and it's like that. You have to set the t- the tempo yourself for life because if you don't, then you're going to like you're going to be working for someone else or you're going to be doing someone else's shit and making their dream come true and not your own. Well, that's it. If you're standing on your feet, there's someone out there hungry enough to go by, by you. And that's, you know, the hard part is – apathy with people sometimes or they just don't feel the confidence they don't feel like they can do it self-doubt self-doubt's hard i mean i have my doubts like i'm stepping away from something that's very stable to me in life to focus full-time on something i'm passionate about Mm -hmm. because i wanted to have a fight gym for 20 plus years i've just never been in a position financially to open one and then i blessed with my guy brendan you know met him through ebf yeah worked out a few times with him come to find out he does these rough and rowdy things and boom here we are you know he hits me up randomly well, October is something like that. Hey, you want to come in and do a fight school? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course, <laughs> right? Like, and that's that's where I'm at because I have self-doubts. It's, it's risky and it's a big change in my life. Thankfully, I'm very skilled at what I do. I mean, you've seen me work before. Yep. I've, I've put in my time and I'm ready to pass that down. Like, it's time to give that up, you know, to, to the kids. Get them the future. And once I start getting those kids out and they find that coach, that connection moment, we can start really creating legitimate like fight school and a stable of fighters out of Lexington and take some pride in just saying, hey, you know, this kid 
came from Lexington. He's the A59. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that is amazing. And that's all, what this is all about, man, is just representing the state of Kentucky, whether you're from the 606, the 859, the 502. That's right. I don't even know what's going on in western Kentucky, but whatever's over there. But um, just we'll, we'll do a couple more questions and we'll get out of here. Man. But uh, do you have any, like, big goals for this year for as far as with the gym or that you want to talk about? Well, right now uh, the big goal is just kind of re- – rounding everything out uh, about summertime is when I'm really going to kick in a lot more things I'm going to expand classes I want to get an actual situational awareness class like a parking lot or if you're out at the bar with your buddies like what happens that'll be that street defense system stuff because that's a whole different game than the boxing but some people would rather do that because yes. you know they're not going to go catch a fight they might you know be worried about getting caught in the street at the bar so they're the big goal is one to get that and my really big push is to Don't start to doing two outreach keys. you know like after school programs, hitting middle schools, high schools, elementary. I've got a trademark program, plant size punchers coming out, and it's basically a U12. So I'm trying to get you know kids involved, and not you know not just a punch, but let's get these youth disciplined and some of that self actualization stuff. You know, get them to the point where at five, six, seven years old, they're working with me and learning that there's discipline and respect and you know self reflection in life. So whether you come from a great nuclear family a broken family or whatever you don't have to make an excuse like you can come in and say hey, you know my past doesn't define my future every day some of us don't always look at that and that's important to yeah, not live by that that's like it. you like, if you look back in the past you'll and you stay there too long you'll stuck that's it people you gotta love be it. willing that's, to move that's struggle some people live off it that's that drama seeker you know yeah they want something it's to addicting. talk about or i did it man about it all the time Right. I mean, I did it. I would. I always like would find a reason for me to be like, oh, I can't be successful because this happened back then. So damn me now. Or we validate ourselves on a profession or what other people think of us. Because I did it in early teaching. I like, I validated myself on, oh, am I, am I a good teacher? Am I not? And in the end, it's not about even that. I'm great at rapport and building these bridges and you know these respect back and forth with people. I build networks. And it really works out for me. And, you know, it's better to come off positive, whereas, you know, I spent a lot of time being negative and angry. And I used to go out to bars younger when I was looking for fights. Yeah. Like, I went to look for fights because I was just angry and wanted to fight. Like, now I'm this, you know, married man at 39, two girls I love to death, eight and five years old. And they're my life. And I want to leave a legacy behind that they can say, yeah, you know, my dad was a good man. Yeah. And I feel like that it's something I've touched on so many times so far on my podcast is that it's it's so much easier to be negative and to be a shitty mm-hmm. person. It's actually hard. It takes true discipline to be like, you know what? We're going through some crap right now, but we're going to choose to have the right perspective, and we're not going to allow this moment to defeat us. We're going to have discipline because we've been through way harder things, and I know I made it through that, so... I can make it through this. And sometimes we just need each other too. Like we're Building only strong as so we're only strong as the link next to us, our mm-hmm. neighbors. Like for example, uh, last week I was going over to my dad's apartment, check on him, and three people were broke down right in the driveway. So you know, I did the normal thing. Let's try to jump them, get them started. Blah blah blah. Long story short, it didn't go. But I ended up helping them push the car down to a lot. And I was like, "You guys hungry?" And they were being polite and didn't say anything. But I just went in. We bought them. Well, I bought them something to eat and chill. And we just started chatting. Because it's very easy to look a book, you know, judge a book by its cover and start, ah, I don't want to help these people, or they don't look whatever. I don't like, you know, I'm suspicious of them. 
But if you ever stop and just take a moment to like talk to somebody, you might find out there's some common stories. And you might even change their life just by that one yeah. positive Well, impact. he wants to come in and do a right. class now, so I mean, we may have actually created something, a connection there too, so. Yeah. And that's just it. In the end, whether I see him again or not, it's the fact that sometimes you just gotta look out for each other. Mm-hmm. And not, not be too proud to go out of your way, you know. It's part of life. We're not gonna do it alone. Yep. And uh, do you uh, have anything you wanna close with and then also, Following that, do you want to tell people when y'all are opening for your soft open and then your hard open? Well, you already had the soft open. Yep, but, yep, yep. Um, but as far as for the hard open, when you all be doing that and then where everyone can find you on like social media and stuff? Well, uh, biggest thing is just come try me out. I, all ages, skill levels. You know, I've got advanced boxers, people registered to fight, and I've got, you know, soccer mom and dad and kids just coming to work out and getting exercise because it's not just punching. We do plyometrics and hit exercise, and you know, gotta got to get the body worked out. So I want to get people doing things they never thought they could do before, which is makes me happy as a coach anyway. And uh, <clears throat> two, just outreach to Lexington. I've, I've been here, good Lord, 30 years now. Love this place. You know, I don't think we're ever leaving now, now that I'm married with my kids. We're really like, locked, <laughs> and I love it. But, yeah, just come out. First class is on me. You know, hit me up on my Facebook page at Cabrera's Corner. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at FlyFightGuy. Just contact, email, flyfightguy at gmail.com. But if you find me on any of those social media platforms, I'm easy to get a hold of. All right, man. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you if you've been listening to the What the Chuck podcast. Please remember to share, like, and subscribe. Uh, that's the really important part to getting this positivity out. And also me finding new guests. Uh, the whole thing is for me to help people uh, to get this awesome platform that hopefully can make people make their dreams come true and uh, to just allow them to live their dreams, whether it's through, like he said, community and network or learning how to fight and just to be disciplined in moments when you don't necessarily know that you can be, but you learn how to. But thank you for listening to What the Shuck. Hope you all are living the dream. Love you all. Thank you, Lexington.